Hello and welcome to Working Syracuse, the podcast inspired by journalist Studs Terkel featuring Salt City residents talking about what they do to earn a paycheck and how they find meaning in those jobs. I'm your host, Bronte Schmidt. On this episode, Yaren Kim and Jessica Gorman take us on a wild ride around Syracuse's west side with Leonard Brown, an officer on the Syracuse Police Department's crime reduction team. A seven-year veteran of the police force, Brown has only been on the specialized unit for a little over a year. While he's charged with keeping the city safe from major threats like drugs, guns, and gang violence, he takes pride in just being a regular citizen of Syracuse. Only thing they see is green pants when we hop out. Yeah, they don't look at the colors, you know, and, and or they just see him in, in your blue uniform. In parts of Syracuse that struggle, the green pants that Officer Leonard Brown references are an all-too-familiar sight. Those involved in the city's criminal underbelly can recognize Brown and the specialized team of 12 officers known as the Crime Reduction Team, or the CRT. I'm Leonard Brown, currently employed by the Syracuse Police Department, currently on their Crime Reduction Team. At six foot one, Brown cuts an athletic figure and has a welcoming smirk on his youthful face. He gears up for a shift around 4 p.m. His expression stiffens. He pulls his black bulletproof vest over his dark sweatshirt and slips into the infamous army green pants, a uniform that speaks to a different approach than the standard navy blue getup donned by every other police officer in the force. Every police department, especially in cities like Syracuse, need a I think they need a proactive unit who are out there, you know, trying to deter different types of crimes, especially violent crimes. He is one of two African-American officers in his unit, yet he doesn't feel that he faces challenges regarding his race within the community. It'll impact the people who you don't know, who see you in passing and maybe have their own thoughts about it. But as far as the people who maybe you're going after, I don't think it would impact because you're just another guy trying to arrest them. Brown and the team operate out of a building on Erie Boulevard that looks like a white warehouse rather than the headquarters of a crime-fighting unit. The CRT's unassuming home base contrasts with their hands-on approach to crime-fighting. When when we first came out, everyone wants to do like the type of work we do, you know, so at least you think you do and then you do it and you got to figure out how hard it is. No, but but I still like doing it, so... It was one of the few places I saw myself still going and actually having fun. But the fun started long before he entered the force. Growing up, Brown loved sports more than he loved classes. The irony of shunning authority was somewhat lost in the pursuit of chasing a ball. My group of kids that we were in, in, that I was involved with, we were just more into sports. We were probably more into sports than we were into like school. We just probably just went to tolerated school just so we could still play sports and stuff like that. So I think that helped us out as far as not getting into trouble. Brown was a point guard on his high school basketball team in Clifton, New Jersey, and a running back and cornerback on the football team. Soon after, another brotherhood caught his eye. You know what? 
I think growing up, all of, like as a kid, no matter who you are, where you are, whenever you see like a cop car come down your street like fast with lights and sirens, you look out and and you know just for the glimpse. And like most kids or most people, I just was like, man, it'd be really cool to be the person in the car driving instead of watching. So probably just came down to that. When searching for a career, he knew he didn't want to work behind a desk his entire life. He craved that same adrenaline rush he felt when he played sports. Feels like you hit like a, a really long three-pointer or you just had like a really long touchdown run. Or, but you don't, I don't try to, I don't try to get like caught up into it either words because there's always like another day, you know, so just enjoy it for the moment and then yeah I even enjoy it when other guys on my team get good catches too because you know it all reflects good on Syracuse police as a whole. At 4 p.m. roll call the CRT meets to discuss any pressing incidents and be informed of the areas they need to target. Afterwards Brown and his partner Joel Dorchester get into their marked police car. They've been partners for a little over a year, ever since Brown joined the unit. He doesn't want to be photo why is he still here? The Syracuse Police Department's intelligence team gathers data from the streets and social media for the CRT to target drug and gun activity in the most dangerous neighborhoods. Gangs plague the west side of Syracuse, and as Dorchester explains, it is a specific point of interest for the CRT. We do have national gangs here, like Bloods and Latin Kings and stuff, but they're just not as prevalent as our local gangs. Brighton Brigade, O'Block, Uptown. We go to the certain gang territories and we concentrate our whole unit in one territory at the same time. That way we flood the whole area. And if something happens, then we have like all of us there. Through the first 10 months of 2017, the CRT sees more than 100 guns 1,200 grams of cocaine, almost 17,000 grams of marijuana, and took $170,000 of illicit cash off the streets. Whenever Brown patrols, he is always seeing familiar faces for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, kid, I won't use his name, but the kid, we've caught him a couple of times with uh, with dope and, like, you know, stealing cars and everything. And uh, it's weird because when I came out, he was so young. And he's like 17, 18 now, you know? And almost you have this like kind of like, you know, soft spot for him because you know, you've seen him around since he was like 14, 15, you know? And we caught him last week with some drugs and uh, he's gonna end up getting like five years probation for but. As a police officer, Brown considers himself a good judge of character. But when it comes to telling whether something is right or wrong, it's not always black or white. I mean, if I got no reason to stop and talk to him, if he's just, you know, walking down the street listening to his music, you know what I'm saying, then I got no reason to talk to him, then you got to keep driving. But, you know, if they've got a warrant, uh, commit a traffic violation or something, you know, we can say hi to everyone, they just don't have to talk to us. But sometimes people can be hard to read, which is why when he had to use his gun for the very first time, he was caught completely off guard. I don't know if it was like a, oh man, I'm going to die feeling. It was just like a, holy crap, that's a big gun when, I, when he got out of the car. Because it, it was a 357, I believe. That's like a huge revolver. I remember when he got out of the car, it was huge. And it was nighttime, and you could see the, like, the silver glistening of the gun as he had it in his hands from like the nightlights of the apartment building. 
When his partner saved him from what could have been a bad ending, the moment felt more like a Hail Mary. You know, it doesn't feel like a touchdown at first. You just so like got all the adrenaline going. You just want to make sure that like your partner's okay, that you found the gun and things like that. In an age when everyone has a camera, police officers are often portrayed in a negative light. But when officers like Brown do their job right, it's not an issue. It's just their duty that officers are supposed to protect and uphold. What's up? How's it going? I like your right. hair. Yeah, so I mean, go ahead. You can record me all you want. I've let people like who've like, I've stopped while I'm stopping like Facebook Live it and stuff because it, it doesn't matter, you know, especially if like there's no danger and things like that. And, if, you know, so you could Facebook, you could do whatever you want. And I don't care. It's clear Brown is often frustrated by the public scrutiny of police officers, but he emphasizes that police departments are different across the country. He knows that ignoring the critics and simply doing his job is the best solution. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just like soon we're all cousins or something, or we're, you know, somehow all inter in intertwined. We kind of are in a sense of like just our mission statements maybe, but uh, no, I don't pay a super a lot of attention to that. In the end, Brown's proudest moments come from helping people. He recalls a time when one of the bad guys actually thanked the officer shortly after his incarceration. And a uh, guy we actually arrested and wanted to thank me and said he was clean. And that was a couple, of, that, was a, that was a few years ago. Guy didn't, I don't remember everything going through his head, but I remember he sat down as he was waiting to get processed or something. And he said something like really like degrading towards himself. And I, and I think I corrected him. I was like, well, you're the only one who thinks that way about you. I said something like that. I think maybe that's what got to him. But I just remember when he thanked me for the way I treated him. So maybe that word, and I don't remember what I actually said to him, somehow like rung in his head and he said that changed him and he's been clean and with his kids ever since, so. Brown's interest in serving his community stems from the fact that once he takes off his uniform at the end of the day, he's just like any other Syracuse resident. But everyone always thinks we're out to get everyone. Like, you know, like just because the police behind me, he wants to give me a ticket, you know, most most cops really, once they once they realize that you're just a normal uh, citizen out there paying their bills, doing that, they don't want to. They don't want to mess with you, especially not the guys in this unit, you know. So, like, we're not out to get everybody. Thanks, Yaron. As a cop, Brown prefers to keep the peace, but he has an ironic way of judging how cool people are, whether or not they've seen the movie Lethal Weapon. He said it sets the standard for cop movies. That's all for this episode of Working Syracuse. Check out our website, www.workingsyracuse.com, for more interviews and extra content about Brown. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, at Working Syracuse. This episode was written by Yaren Kim and Jessica Gorman and was produced by Jared Bamba. Our theme music is by Logan Piercy. I've been Bronte Schmidt, and it's time for us to clock out.